the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM560, the answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, the answer. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Joining me in studio today, I've already given him a nickname, uh, <laughs> is my good friend, political operative. Uh, he, he wears a whole bunch of titles. You, you, you have a lot of titles. Is Jesus Solario. There you go. You did it. I did it? You did it. Was that right? Yeah. Um, what, okay, from here on out, I'm going to call him Jesus Solo. That's his nickname because the, the rolling of the tongue takes a lot. You know, <laughs> am I right? Welcome yeah. to right, bud. <laughs> hey, John, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for your, for the invite. Um, you know, I'm excited for the show. You have a great lineup today. Yeah. And I'm excited to, to, to get going. And a lot of that lineup is because of you. You you called me and had me get all these people in. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited. We got to get, get right to the point because uh, we have somebody on the line who um, I read his book. And you ever read a book and you feel like, you are a part of that story. Mm-hmm. Um, you feel like you were a part of that journey. Um, this ne- our next guest, everybody knows him. Everybody knows him as the man in blue with the blue shirt. Uh, who sees you? See him up. You, if you were ever up late at night, <laughs> especially in my political days when I was up late at night, you, tossing back and forth, reading through bills, uh, I would see this gentleman on on the line. Um, he's the CEO of My Pillow. He's also the founder of the Lindell Foundation and the Lindell Recovery Network. In my opinion, those two are the most important reasons why I believe God has placed them here. Uh, I want to introduce to some, and I want to say thank you to Mr. Mike Lindell for joining Black and Right. Mr. Lindell? Hello, thanks for having me on. This is awesome. Uh, it was, no, your book is awesome. I, 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 I crashed, read it in like an, uh, maybe a day and a half. And the stories that you tell in here, I mean, most people would have never thought that Mr. Mike Lindell went through any of these things. Um, I, I, I just want to know, your story really goes to the heart of overcoming adversity. You know, I can recall in some of my own personal dark times, friends and relatives would say to me, you know, you just have to pick yourself up or keep your chin up. Or um, I don't think people realize just how difficult it is to overcome until they themselves have to face such significant adversity. What are your thoughts on that concept? Well, it's, um, I think it is, uh, you know, especially with addiction, it affects everyone. I think I say in my book, no matter how many forks you eat with, and, and I, you know, it goes to childhood wounds and fatherlessness and all these things. And, they, uh, and I don't think, I think people, not just that they haven't faced it or some that are out of, you know, that, that say, you know, that's why addicts, I think, or and people in general can say, oh, I'm not as bad as them, or I'm, or I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm either not as bad as them or I'm worse than them and they can't relate. And I think a lot of that, um, 
a lot of that, what I've tried to do is take, uh, you know, I've been very public with my crack cocaine addiction that I had. And and I think that where the place we're in now in this country is addiction is, you know, people are dying. Kids are dying. And now I yes. think everyone everyone's aware of it. It crosses over political lines, everything. It's like this is one of the biggest things facing our country. And, and I believe addiction is the biggest opportunity ever to bring people back to God in revival in this country. Yes, I, I, I totally agree. You know, I, one of the one that was a, a comment that that stuck out to me that, uh, that from the book, um, what are the odds from crack addict to CEO? If you're just joining us, we're talking to Mike Lindell, CEO of my pillow. Uh, you made a comment. You said, I can't help my past. I can only take my past and help people in the future. That is a, such a profound and powerful statement. Do you care to expound more on, 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 on how you came to that point and, and that, that comment, uh, and how can it help so many others? Well, it's hope. It's hope matches. It's like, you know, I think in the book, uh, if you read it there, I, my friend that was my equal, we had both got into cocaine at the same time in the early 1980s. We both switched to crack in the early 2000s, and he came in. He had been straight for four years and in the book, and he all of a sudden he shows up, and he was my hope match. It's like, a, you know, people's past, you know, like, it's like this. And in so many states right now, I think it's over 30 states, we have laws on the books that you have to go to school to be like four years to be a counselor for people in addiction. Yeah. And I'm going, I don't want to, I don't want to listen to anybody that's uh, went to school for four years to tell me about what, what I've been through and uh, <laughs> and where I've been. I want people that have been in the same place I've been because that gives me hope, and I want to hear from them. And that's, uh, you know, that's where uh, my Lindell Recovery Network, that's where that's going, That's where, and that's where the best help is. I agree. People that have been there helping people, pull people up from that, you know, pull people up. And that's, uh, well, Mr. Lindell, that's let me, the hope. Let, let me tell you, um, I come from a family of uh, former drug addicts, and um, one of the, when Illinois started, the, um, we were the first in the nation to go after heroin uh, comprehensively. And one of the reasons why was was because of what I, I saw, what I experienced. My own mom was a drug addict, and thank God today she's living for the Lord. And when I, so when I saw your book coming out, I said, I have to do whatever I have to do to get him on the line. To, because I think your story, is the, is, it, it is the American story. It is the American dream. And what you've been able to do with that. I mean, I felt like I, when you were, you were explaining in the book about being on a car chase, I felt like I was in a passionate side with you, looking at you, and we both were. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but I right. really, really felt that. And I think, I think if you, if, wherever you are, go out and buy this book, read this story, because I, think, I really believe it will transform you, and you will find yourself somewhere along in that line, in that book. So I really appreciate you uh, for writing the book. Hey Mike, it's well, thank you, and I, and I thank you, and you know it's uh, and people out there, it's not you know I was just an everyday guy, and all of a sudden I'm I went from a place of uh, like you know all of a sudden I'm in the White House, the president invited me there for the manufacturer summit. All my friends are seeing that, going, what is he doing there? The sex crack addict <laughs> sitting in the White House next to the president. Jesus is real, you know. There's it is miracles, and I think one of the things that people look in their own lives. Uh, you know, this is just also a book about entrepreneurship yes. and never not to give up and to keep the faith. And and if you look in your own life, what you know, I, it's called one of the odds. I look at one in a million, one in a billion. What if this? You know, how did this even you know take a take place? And you add them up, and you're going, you know, when does it become a miracle? 
Amen. Hey, Mike, uh, it's Jesus here. Um, so you've been very open, and, and you've really allowed yourself to, to tell your story. Um, and I was just talking to John about this uh, during the pre-show. You know, right now we're going through, through the cancel culture, where it's like you stumble, you make a mistake, and people just want you to basically get advantage. How have you been able to just been able to fight that cancel culture and continue to tell your story? Well, you know, they, it, it really came up to me with the, uh, you know, when I went all in for the president, once I met him, I didn't know anything about politics. And, and I had a private meeting with him in the summer of 2016. He reached out to me about the Made in America and stuff. And boy, I was really, all of a sudden, it was right there, this cancel culture. And, he, <laughs> and uh, I just keep on, you know, I'm on TV so much. And they, mm-hmm. it's like now they almost <laughs> accept me going, well, Mike's not going to change. He's going to talk. <laughs> he's going to say good things about the president. He's going to talk about Jesus. But the one thing is, is they're, they're so greedy that if I'm on their stations, they go ahead and have me on knowing I'm going to say good things. And, and, um, and that, and, you know, they're looking, you know, I think it's, uh, we're in a big spiritual warfare in this country. Yes, and, um, you know, God gave us grace on November 8, 2016. And I believe that I strongly believe that addiction is such an opportunity to bring people back to the greatest revival ever. And I, I just won't stop talking. And they, I had a, I was in, uh, I was in Iowa the other day with a, um, uh, for the caucus. I saw the pictures. For, the, for helping the president. And I told the guys that were there, I was with uh, uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. and, and uh, mm-hmm. Jim Jordan, Mark Meadows, and them. they were sitting in the booth. I said, you know what? I want to take all the bad media. That's who I want to talk to. Well, I went out there, and one of them was I. I, went, I won't name who they are. They, but I, <laughs> I, I, I talked for forty minutes, and finally they walked away, saying, "Okay, I can't take it anymore." <laughs> I can't take all these good you know, I enjoy talking to the. Uh, I I like to talk to people on the get get the message out to people on the left because I I think there's so many good people over there that you can talk to and say, "Hey, you guys." Look in your own lives how it's how everything going on is helping you now yeah. that we have going and pulling him up, you know, pulling him in. And so many things the president is helping my platforms that are out there with addiction and with the launching the recovery network so that I can you don't have all these things blocking good things from being done and that and um so, so, but boy, they sure, you know, I'm sure I'm right in the thick of it with the news media that, you know, the first time I met the president in the summer of 16, I could tell the media I'm going across the street and they'd all be there with cameras. And then all of a sudden I went back to Minnesota and I, I did a, I told my board I was going to do a press release and that I met the, if he could be the future president of the United States. Wow. They go, no, don't do that. Don't do that. You're going to hurt us. And I went out of the room and my CML came out and she said, she said, you don't, uh, she said, we didn't get this far by you not listening to God. And I went back to her and I said, yeah, we didn't get this far by me not listening to God. <laughs> hey, hey, Mr. I Lindell. did that press release. Hey, Mike. I did that press release. They called me everything. Hey, Mike, um, your, your assistant said that you, you can join us for the next segment. Uh, that'd be great. Uh, you can just hold the line. You're listening to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. We'll be right back. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Hey, what's going on? You've tuned in to Black and Right with John Anthony and my guest co-host today, Jesus Solo. <laughs> if you just, so we're sticking to the uh, nickname. Huh? I told you, you got a nickname. I told you I, I support Trump, so you got to get the nickname. Uh, if you're just joining us before the break, we were talking with CEO of MyPillow, Mike Lindell, 
author of What Are the Odds from Crack Addict to CEO. Ms. Lindell, welcome back to Black and Right. Thanks for having me back on for another segment here. Yeah. <laughs> you, you were amazing. Thanks so much. Hey, I, I, I just want to know, at any point during this journey, how close did you ever come up, come to giving up? Well, the, um, the, I never, ever did, really. Um, the, the, you know, when I had my pillow and it was just a pulse there, you know, I think, you know, in the book, when I quit all my, the day that I quit all that, that God set me free of the desire for all my um, addictions, um, <clears throat> that day I knew, you know, people say, is that, was that your bottom? Was that your bottom? Mm. And they, uh, I say, well, yeah, it was the bottom. I made sure I didn't have any money and all that stuff. But I knew that I couldn't, the next day it was going to be, if I didn't quit everything that day, the, the, like the second part of my life was, I would lose the calling. Mm. I would only get to be like, a, I think in the book, I describe it as having the second feature of a movie. And the second feature was either going to be my calling or it was going to be wherever this path, this bad path I was on was going to take me. And um, so that's kind of where that was. And, but as far as giving up, I never, uh, I, and I've had, say, you know, in the book, I've had some very, very low points, but I always had that, uh, like in the old days, if we had black and white TVs, we turned them off and it would go down to this little tiny dot and you'd turn them back on. You know, was I a tiny dot at times? Yes, many yeah. times. But, yeah. uh, but I always had hope and they, uh, I, you know, that was a big thing. I always had hope and maybe that was God chasing me all that time. And, and, um, you know, I didn't do a full surrender to Jesus till yeah. February 18, 2017, wow. you know, so, wow. <laughs> but I always had that. I'd be telling my friends when the bars closed and stuff, I'd go, we'd be out doing cocaine, doing stuff, whatever. And I go, I'd be telling them about revelation in the Bible and end times that I read about in jail. And, and they, you know, <laughs> they don't quit that. They'd all quit that night, and I'd wake up in the morning and go, what did I tell them? I'm losing friends here. You know, <laughs> you know I, I, reading the book, uh, it, was, it was a couple of, I, I highlighted throughout the book, but it was a, a part on, on page 36, you said, um, it took a couple of weeks before I got up enough courage to face people. The first place I went to was Size Bar in Chaska, where I had been hanging out for months. The owner, Lou, walked up to me and said, matter of fact, Mike, you need to leave town. You are never, ever going to live this down. And then there, on, the, on the next page, you say, you're wrong. You wanted, to go and, you wanted to go and shake everybody and get in everybody's face and say, you are wrong. I am a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You had yeah. so many of those incidents in your book. Right. And, and it's just amazing the, 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 the mental fortitude that you had to endure. What would you say to somebody that's, that's listening right now? Um, what is that hope? What, what, what was that driver that, conti- that kept you going? You know, it's, I guess it's knowing deep down who you really are, but, but yet inside of me, I had this, that I wasn't good enough. I was, you know, my self-worth. I think people out there that that's why I couldn't talk to people, you know, back back then I was very kind of introverted with because uh, you can't get rejected if you don't talk to people. And, and for other people out there, I think if, uh, you know, that drove me and I, and it, it was like, you know what, I'm not a bad person. And they, and you don't know me. I think there's many times in the book you have no idea who I am, and and you're judging me. I, wow. You know, even you know that was a. I think uh, the people that you know, I got so it was almost. I I would get angry, but then yet I would be, you know, it would be a sadness in me that I couldn't just I couldn't just you know want to tell everyone, hey, I'm a good person. You just don't know me, and here's who I am. 
And I, I think that holds a lot of people back and they just, you know, well, that's where your addictions come in. And I think for people out there that, you know, I think those th- kind of feelings manifest into addictions where you got to, you know, you live in shame or live in fear of telling people who you really are. And, and, um, yeah. you know, that's, uh, so much a part of what my recovery network's going to do is get people replace those p- bad feelings about people out there. Well, well and, that, and that's and that's this that's the actual the last question I want to ask you. And then I, I know you're a busy man. I know you have to get going. But how can people get involved in the Lindale Foundation and the Lindale Recovery Network? Is there a website? Are there fundraisers? I mean, how do well, people go well, about? Well, the, the Lindale the Lindale Recovery Network is not. Um, it's not out there yet. It'll be about two months. I've been working on it for two years, but you can go to michaeljlindell.com and you can learn about all this stuff that's coming. But if you're a, if you have an addict, if you have someone out there that is addicted in the meantime, uh, I can tell you one of the things that uh, there's no better place to go than a faith-based treatment center because they're the only ones yes. that work. And I'm saying that, I mean, your teen challenge, Salvation Army Union Gospel, I've vetted over 3,800 of them in the U S that work. But um, you need to uh, you need to get to a place where they can you know address why you were an addict in the first place. That's that simple. I do not believe that addiction's a disease in any way, shape, or form. It comes from childhood. Like in my book, my my yes. parents divorced when I was seven. When divorces weren't common, and and it's childhood wounds, fatherlessness, and all these things. So uh, you can keep up on it. Just keep checking my website. It'll be about two months. Okay. But in the meantime, I can't say enough about getting the book. It's going to help so many people. It's an amazing book. And it, it's, do you want to make an announcement here on Black and Right today? <laughs> <laughs> For something that's going to be happening in Minnesota maybe soon? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, well, they want me to run. I'm actually in uh, Washington, D.C. right now. I've been talking to many of the governors and uh, um the president wants me to run to help run the the Minnesota campaign for him. Yes. But I'm also very much considering running for governor. I will make sure I make a lot of trips to Minnesota. Mike Lindell, <laughs> thanks so much for joining Black and Right today. Thanks for having me on. God bless. God bless you, sir. Wow. There you have it. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Oh, that's exciting. I mean, his his story is is a story that we need to... Um, have more people be able to come forward and, and tell their story because we don't know people's struggles. Right. right, We automatically judge. We think everything's going perfect. But when you dig deep and really start listening to people and their story, it, it's amazing what people can do, stuff that they can overcome. And you don't know the demons that they're fighting. You know, so, I, I, w- I was going to bring it up, um, but I, I said I'd, I'd talk about it with you um, during this segment. Um, I mean, I had my own battle, mm-hmm. you know, with prescription drugs and, and, and alcohol, mixing them together. It was, whew, it's, it's, it's a place that you don't want to fall back to. You know, it's, it, it, it changes you, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but his life story, man, I'm telling you, guys, you got to go out there and get the book, What Are the Odds, from Crack Addict to CEO. Uh, you got to go to the store. Wherever books are sold, I believe it's on Amazon.com, all those places. Um, that guy's story is amazing. Should have asked him if it was available on Audible. Oh, you, yeah. well, you, 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 you could have said the same thing, too, now, right? <laughs> so wh- why didn't you? Uh, but b- before we go to break, um, did you see the President's State, State of the Union address? I did. You did? I did. Um, there was one part that I want to get to really quickly uh, before we go to break. Um, I thought this was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen at a State of the Union address. The President knows how to put on the show. Um, how about we do this? How about I just play the clip? 
tonight is a special man, beloved by millions of Americans, who just received a stage four advanced cancer diagnosis. This is not good news, but what is good news is that he is the greatest fighter and winner that you will ever meet. Rush Limbaugh, thank you. I am proud to announce tonight that you will be receiving our country's highest civilian honor, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Did you see his, his, his look? He was completely surprised. And, and then right after this, I'm not even going to say the, the CNN host name, and the, the attacks that Rush Limbaugh is a racist, Rush Limbaugh, listen, I'm not standing here today. I'm not a Republican. Out, I would have never came out as a black Republican if it had not been for Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh formed who I am as far as politically today. Rush Limbaugh, and then and then his his sidekick, Bo Snurley, went to Twitter and took I'm gonna say his name, Jim Acosta, to task about show me where, give me a list where Rush Limbaugh has been racist. Your thoughts? Crickets, right? Crickets. There's, there's, they just come out. And it's a talking point, racism, misogyny, all of that. Yeah. And same thing. I I listened to, uh, I flipped over to CNN just to kind of see what was going on. And it was just negative after negative after negative comment. And I was like, are you watching the same State of the Union address? Exactly. We're talking (laughs) about the greatness of of America. And you're saying, oh, look at that. He's putting on the show. He's he's only talking to people. Uh, He's putting on a show for them. No. Yeah. Is, is, Is he the greatest showman ever? Yes, he is. But I felt everything that he was saying. But there was substance. Yeah. Hey, you're listening to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm John Anthony with my guest co-host, Jesus Solo. Interact with us. Tell us what you think of the show or what you want us to talk about. Uh, tell, give, us, what, give us your feedback on uh, Mike Lindell's interview. What do you think? We'll be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560 The Answer. I was hoping that was going to drop. <laughs> that needs to drop right there. M, baby. Eminem. You've tuned in to Black and Right. I'm your host, John Anthony, alongside my guest co-host, Jesus Solario. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Solo on AM560 The Answer. Uh, you've, if you missed it, um, please go and download the podcast. Listen to the interview that we just did with Mike Lindell. I was nervous initially. And then I got into my groove because, you know, I'm, I mean, I've seen this guy and I mean, his story is just was just amazing. And um, he's just so open. He's so I mean, open. He, he just puts everything on a table and yeah. just listening to him. It, yeah. It's an impressive story. He's everything like, that he's gone through. Yeah. Just like an open book. And then we uh, talked about the Rush Limbaugh. Uh, I thought um, seeing Rush there, um, especially with the beard. I didn't recognize him. <laughs> I didn't know it was Rush Limbaugh. Did, did you know it was Rush Limbaugh? <laughs> no. I mean... It, the diagnosis yeah. is probably taking a toll on her. I, I, I had no idea. But, but you know, there's a couple of more clips that I want to play um, just to go through this la- in this segment uh, of, of some of the State of the Union um, that I thought was key. Cut three. Joining us in the gallery is the true and legitimate president of Venezuela, Juan Guaido. Mr. President... Please take this message back here. Please take this message back that all Americans are united with the Venezuelan people in their righteous struggle. That that was was that like the only time the Dems stood up in support of any part of the speech when he spoke to uh, spoke about Juan Guaido. I think so. 
I think that was one of the only moments I did. You know, and, and then I thought for sure, every fiber in my body thought for sure they would stand for Cut Four. Ian has always dreamed of going to space. He was the first in his class and among the youngest at an aviation academy. He aspires to go to the Air Force Academy, and then he has his eye on the Space Force. But sitting behind Ian tonight is his greatest hero of them all. Charles McGee was born in Cleveland, Ohio, one century ago. Charles is one of the last surviving Tuskegee Airmen, the first black fighter pilots, and he also happens to be Ian's great-grandfather. Nothing. Nothing. No standing. Nothing. Now, this is a guy who earlier in the day, Trump had uh, promoted to a brigadier general. Yeah. Yeah. Been to SARS. Yeah. Nothing. No standing ovation. Barely a clap. Where were the Black Caucus members? That was a huge, that was a huge moment. Not for Trump, but for, for Mr. McGee. That should have, everybody should have been standing. Not one person should have been sitting. But we had... Nothing. Your thoughts? Yeah, they did that to, to send a message, right? And this is supposed to be the opportunity for everyone to come together. We hear Democrats talk about it all the time. The president is, you know, divisive. His rhetoric is divisive. You have an opportunity here to show the millions of people that are watching the State of the Union address that for at least one hour and a half, we can all come together. Right. Not a peep. Now, I thought I was back in the Vietnam War because this next clip, I thought, I was like, you know, okay, they're not standing for any of this. But just the heartwarming, heartfelt moment that this provided, I said to myself, oh, everybody in there are going to stand. Go to cut six. Tonight we have a very special surprise. I am thrilled to inform you that your husband is back from deployment. He is here with us tonight, and we couldn't keep him waiting any longer. Now, you have more people that stood up on this. Mm-hmm. Did you see the father of that soldier? I don't know if it was the father of the soldier or the father of the mother. Did you see his face the right behind that was it? Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I shed tears at that moment because here's a guy who was, who's out there defending us, America. And in the, at the State of the Union, he comes and embraces his wife and daughter. Yeah, and I was watching the uh, State of the Union with one of my buddies. And right before he made the intro, I said, wouldn't it be awesome if President Trump just says, turn around your husband is yeah, here, yeah. and it happened. And it happened. And it happened. And it, it just completely floored that, that, that mother, and I was amazed. But then Trump says something that I thought every American needs to really understand and really hear. This, this, this fight we're in, this battle we're in, yeah, you know, I, 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 I talked to somebody, I said, there's nothing wrong with us being divided. Divided means we care. I mean, divided means we're fighting for what's, what, what we think is important in America. But what I, I really love what Trump had, President Trump had to say on his outro on the State of the Union. Go to cut seven. The sun is still rising. God's grace is still shining. And my fellow Americans, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. I'm going to open the phone lines, 312-642-5600, 312-642-5600. When we come back to break, come back from break, here's the question to you, America. 
Do you believe, as Trump has said, that America's best is yet to come? Because I do. I believe we're at the precipice of greatness. But I also think that it's going to be it's going to be something that we're going to have to fight for. It's not something that's going to be because it can easily be taken away, especially when you look on the other side of the aisle and what they're trying to do. Is America worth the fight? I do. We'll be right back. We're taking a break. Please go to the Facebook page. You can follow me at J. Anthony Speech. What can they follow you? Uh, J. Solorio. J.R. All right. We'll be right back. You're listening to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560 The Answer. You've dialed up Black and Right with your host, John Anthony, and my guest co-host today, host Jesus Salario. Did I say it right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> getting better. Oh, I'm getting better. <laughs> the tongue is starting to relax, you know. I, I guess that's probably why. Uh, wow. We're taking your calls. 312-642-5600. Uh, is, is America's best yet to come? I also want to pose another question before we take two. I, we got calls right now. But before we go there, do I have any never-Trumpers? who said they were not going to be voting for Trump or who didn't vote for Trump in 2016, who are now, who now will be voting for Trump. All right. That's one part. Do I have anybody that's now not going to be voting for Trump because of the impeachment or are there any Democrats or people out there who, because of the impeachment, you're now sold 100% you're voting for Trump. Let's go to Cliff from San Diego. I got somebody from San Diego, California listening in. Cliff from San Diego. Welcome to Black and Right. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. All right. I'm just tuned into your show. Uh, somebody uh, tagged me, told me they was uh, listening to it, and uh, I tagged in, and uh, I'm loving it. I think it was Babette Holder. Oh, that's and, my girl. Uh, <laughs> Babette. Babette. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I'm t- man, you guys are really good. I, I've never heard the show before, and I'm really glad I'm listening to it now. Well, thank you. Continue, please. Um, I was, yes, sir. And I was... Um, Listening to what you were talking about, the State of the Union, first of all, and it's something I wanted to say about how the the uh, the uh, Democrats wouldn't even stand up, oh you know. Um, but these are brothers. These yeah. are the brothers. Yeah. These are people for the black folk. They couldn't stand up for a black, not even for the little girl. Correct. Oh, I couldn't. I mean, I can't. I can't even believe that. And I hope Black America saw it. Of course, you know they were all tuned into CNN. <laughs> you know, listening so to the crap. You know, and, and, and not, not even paying attention. They just only heard what the CNN panelists said, and that, but that's obvious. Yeah. But um, the reason why your, your producer put me on is because I was thinking about how people always talk about the um, uh, how Trump is divisive and mm-hmm. how he's dividing the country and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the fact of the matter is it's the Democrats that are dividing the country because they're the ones that uh, – was pushing this agenda. Yes. And the country used to be like what was called the silent majority. Yes. Everybody just kept their mouth shut and didn't say anything out loud. And when Trump got in office, he gave us the courage yes. to find our voice because he said something about a lot of the stuff that was going on. And then, you know, we as conservatives begin to say, hey, wait a minute, I don't like that either. Come I on. don't like that either. That's it. You know, the problem is that it's the media. Yeah. The media wasn't so one-sided and wouldn't uh, in the tank for the Democratic Party, <laughs> then you know what? This country, it wouldn't be divided. Matter of fact, we would be right back on track the way we used to be. But it's because they have an agenda. They're pushing something that um, 
that the most America didn't want. Yeah, that's true. We didn't want men in the in the girls' bathroom. We didn't want the gay man. We didn't want all that stuff. It's, you know, it's, it's, okay, Cliff, and, I, I think but I think everybody you, was too hey, Cliff, afraid to say anything. Hey Cliff, I think um, you understand a lot of this as I do and as Jesus does. Because you're from California, we're from Illinois, where the left run those countries. Hey, Cliff, continue to listen to the show. Share, share it. Uh, go on Facebook. Share the post for me. And uh, continue to listen. Thanks so much for calling us, Cliff. Hey, thank you for having me on. No Appreciate problem. It. But, you know, Trump has exposed the division. He's exposed a lot of what's, what's, really, in, what's really been going on, right? And I think the animosity started because Democrats were so sure that they're going to take the White House. They, what was it? A poll a, a week beforehand had yeah. Hillary winning ninety seven percent. Oh my god! And that didn't happen. So I think that's when all of this just started. They were just so mad. Yeah, so mad. <laughs> they were furious, and that's why this whole impeachment debacle come. Um, let's take Philip from Blue Island. Philip, welcome to Black and Right. Hey, hey, how's it going? You um, called in before three months. Yeah, you called in before. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, again, happy Black History Month. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I thought it was really interesting that um, uh, you all, the, the right or whatever, is <laughs> pretty um, upset because the Democrats weren't standing at uh, Trump's every, I don't know, mostly lies, um, uh, even with, with Point the lie putting out. up. Point you, the lie. Tell me the lie. What's the lie? Point, point the lie. What's the again, lie? Again, it, it was like a girl, get, a girl getting education. Wait, How wait, is wait, that wait, a lie? Wait, 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 let's slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Let me get it out. When he, when he would say something about uh, the unemployment numbers, and then he would say they were oh, the greatest Obama numbers in history. Right. right. Obama did so, that. I'm, I beg your pardon? Obama did that, right? Correct. Uh, oh, so again, and I was, my, 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 my question was, when Obama was to say things, and, 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 and did you like anything Obama did? That's a question to of you. Of course. Of course, Obama, Obama kept us, Obama kept us safe. Obama uh, did a lot. He, well, he should he could have done. He actually, actually, Cliff. I mean, um, Philip. Uh, I was on cool. Barack Obama's commission. I was on his commission for criminal justice reform. Uh, this first step back. This is something that Obama could have done. He didn't pull the trigger. I know because I was there. Okay. Okay. So okay. Can what, can what he was trying to do with to criminal that. justice reform. So yeah. But, te- but, but again, okay. you still didn't point out a lie that the president said. Well, Where is the lie? Again, okay, this is, this is pointed out real quick. Every time that Obama's, I mean, that Trump says, uh, uh, like he said, when, when he came into office, it, uh, uh, he, had the, he came into a mess. Would you agree with that? Yes, he did. He did come into a mess. It's, because, it's, because, it's, because it's, now, now, okay, you, you want to, you, you know what? I'm actually going to do a show, a, a whole show on explaining economics. Because I think a lot of people don't really understand economics. Cliff, uh, Philip, Cliff from Blue Island, thanks so much for joining the show. But I think thanks so much for joining the show. And remember, it was Obama that kept saying, "Hey, how is Trump going to do all this with the uh, magic wand?" Correct. <laughs> He's not going to bring those jobs back. He's not going to bring too many uh, uh, the, manufacturing the manufacturing back. back. And what happened? CBO estimate two million two million uh, vo- uh, jobs will be done with the tax cut. Seven bi- seven million. Um, Obama we had another record high in job creation in January. And and the jobs actually paid. High paying you, jobs. You listen to the black and white on AM560. I'm pumped up. We stuck <laughs> on stupid. Get an act right in you. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560. The answer. Get up. Get on up. Get up. Get on up. Oh, that music, that music gets you going, doesn't it? 
Hey, you tune in to Black and the Right. I'm your host, John Anthony, guest co-host, Jesus Salario on AM560 The Answer. I got a little pumped up after that call. I mean, I've got pumped up too. I mean, yeah. I mean but again, to your point, you, you were making a point during the break. He still never said anything. He still never produced what the lie was, right? It's the same thing. When people start off a, a question, it's like, yeah, he's a racist. They can't provide the, the proof. So during that State of the Union, uh, if you were watching uh, the Clinton News Network, um, <laughs> you saw, I like this guy. I met him at the convention, I mean, at the, um, the RNC convention in 2016. Mm. I had a very good conversation with him. I thought, a little left for me, but we can talk. Van Jones, did you hear what he had to say after hearing the speech? Did you hear him? I did. And I think, I, I, well, let's have a conversation about it. Go ahead and play that. Cue that um, Van Jones clip. I, I think the, the last 24 hours have been a big wake-up call for Democrats. That's what I A big wake You think they woke up? Mm-hmm. Do you think they woke up? Nope, you, you really think have. they woke up to, 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 to what? And he's been hitting the same drum, telling Democrats, get your act together. President Trump is going after the African-American vote. Right. And he continued. Um, the Iowa caucus was a debacle. Uh, and this was a very strong speech, and it shows what he thinks he needs to do to win. And I think we have to be very clinical about this. I think you're exactly right. Uh, he knows he's got to give a lot of red meat to his base, and he gave it. What for religious liberty, abortion, all of it, the military, etc. Um, but he's doing something else, and it has to do with how he's going to manage race in this thing. And there seems to be a trade-off between the Latinos and the African Americans. That's what you see. He, he went hard on the sanctuary city stuff. Mm-hmm. That is very, very uh, disturbing. It turns out sanctuary cities are actually safer uh, than non-sanctuary city, city, uh, cities. The Cato Institute, uh, which is libertarian, has come out and said uh, that you know, immigrants are committing less crime. So uh, for some reason, he thinks that doubling down on the anti-immigrant piece is a big part of his thing. At the same time, uh, at warning the Democrats, what he was saying to African-Americans can be effective. Is he lying? online and there's proof right we saw a couple months ago that uh poll numbers came out that black americans are increasing support for trump and 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 i think that's why you see such a ever since that poll came out and there was an article attached to that poll ever since that came out the whole attack from the left and from the regressive have been trump's a racist Mm. trump's a racist but van jones continued you may not like it but he mentioned HBCUs. Our black colleges have been struggling for a long time. A bunch of them have gone under. Uh, he threw a lifeline to them uh, in real life in, in his budget. He talked about that. He talked about the criminal justice reform. He talked about opportunity zones. This, school choice. He talked about school choice. Issue, yeah. Listen, wake up. He doesn't have to be effective. Exactly. He has to be yeah, effective yeah, 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 to, yeah, to yeah, move yeah, margins and key states. And, and the yeah. thing about it is, and I think yeah. that we, we got to wake up, folks. There's a whole bubble thing that goes on. We say, well, he said S-hole nations, therefore all black people are going to hate him forever. That ain't necessarily so. And I think what you're going to see him do is say, you you may not like my rhetoric, but look at my results. Look at my record. Bottom line. That's exactly right. People are looking at the results. They're looking and they're seeing everything that the president has been doing. And the bottom line is going to be people are looking at the results. People are looking at Nancy Pelosi tearing up mm-hmm. the articles of impeachment. People are looking at their actions as well. And a lot of people are realizing Trump's from New York. He's a counterpuncher. He never really, ever really goes after anybody until they come after after him. That's normally when you see. And then when he comes back, he comes back with a vengeance. That's right? right. 
That's right. And that's the thing with Democrats, right? They they want you to focus on the rhetoric that he's a racist. Correct. But people are paying attention to what's going on. People are getting more uh, in their paychecks. There's jobs. Yeah. And that's what they're paying attention to. And, and, and you hit it right on the head. The first hour's over. That's the first hour. Jeez. Hey, <laughs> keep it locked right here. We'll be back with, with I think, all things Illinois-centric. Uh, we talk with uh, Derek Murphy, Executive Director of the Illinois Republican Party. We'll be right back. Listen to Black and Right. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into hour number two of Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Alongside, look, you're anticipating that recall. I see that. <laughs> I got to take you shooting. Uh, along, joining me alongside today is my guest co-host, Jose, Jesus Salario. There you go. Did I get it good? You got it right. And I mean, the first hour just flew. It did. It just flew. It, 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 I told you. I told you when you get in here, you, it's, it's going to just fly by. It, it feels like uh, five minutes just gone by. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's such. But what do you think? So, you know, be, be, before we go to, we, we speak to our next guest, one of the things I want to talk about. Uh, that that Philip call from Blue Island. Um, I think sometimes, and I'm sure as a Latino, you 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 probably feel the same way. But they think just because we're black, we're supposed to follow the Pied Piper of leftist politics. I followed that. I fell off the cliff. I came back to life. That's just not what we do. I don't believe in groupthink. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna guess what? I don't have a problem thinking differently than you. I don't have a problem with you thinking differently than me. But respect the respect the space that allows me to think differently than you and you and I'll give you I listen. you can believe what you want to believe. And guess what? You have every single right to believe that. But also give me that space to do and believe as I believe I'm black. I'm right. I'm a conservative. I'm a Republican. I'm proud to say I'm a Republican. I don't run away. I don't fall back from it. I'm happy to say that proud to say that. And if you don't like it, goodbye. What are your thoughts? Exactly. And, you know, I go to a lot of events. I'm very active within the Republican Party. And I do get a lot of flack, you know, from friends, family, um, asking me, why are you a Republican? Why are you supporting the president? Why are you still involved in politics? <clears throat> and it, same, same thing, you know, it's I look at the policies, right? Yeah. And I know for a fact that our policies are helping people. Right. We've had a track record. We can go back to history and, right. and see that. You know, conservative policies have helped out um, the country and the state. And it, it's funny because I've somehow become the uh, the token conservative Hispanic <laughs> at, at events, right? <laughs> Hello. And it's like, oh, this is uh, my good friend Jesus, and he's a Republican. And I get a mixed uh, reaction from people. It's like, oh, okay, well, how, how is that working out? And people, some other people will just walk away automatically. Yeah. Republican, right? Have you ever been in, 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 in like mixed company and you be around Democrats and they're having these conversations and then next thing you know, they, they start talking and railing on Republicans to you and you're like, okay, yeah. See, me, I just sit there, oh man, you, whoa. So is that really how you think? That's, man, enlighten me more. Tell me more. Because, <laughs> because so many people think, they look at me and they say, oh, he's a Democrat. Mm-hmm. We, we can look at you and tell that you are a Democrat. Really? A double whammy for me because I have, I look 
Hispanic, right? There's, <laughs> there's no denying that. And the name, right? <laughs> so true. <laughs> you know, uh, speaking of Republican politics, speaking of the state of Illinois, um, you know, we, 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 we got a lot of work to do to a lot, make this party a fighting, to give this, 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 this party a voice and also to allow this party to become something that fights back against the left. Um, I don't know if, I mean, I know you've heard uh, that Illinois has replaced their executive director, Anthony Saros. I believe he was, was the previous director. Uh, great guy, did a good job. But I really believe this next guy that we're going to talk to, I think I've known him since he was freshman in college. Was it a freshman in college? Maybe a little bit. A little earlier, right? Yeah, a little earlier. Maybe. From Kendall County politics. And, yeah. Yeah, I think so. It was, it was, you were still in high school then. Yeah. Or maybe. Yeah, it's, been a, it's been a long journey, John. I've known <sighs> him for a while. <laughs> so joining us today is the newly minted executive director of the Illinois Republican Party, Derek Murphy. Welcome to Black and Right, bro. John, Jesus, it's a pleasure to be with you guys today. So... What's the vision? Where, where, where do we go? How do we, how do we make Illinois Republican Party a fighting force? That's a great question. Yeah. Uh, I get it all the time, too. Uh, what's going to change? How, how do we do anything different than before? I mean, 2018 was tough. We were all, all part of it, all talking about it, involved yeah. in some way, shape, or form. Uh, my number one uh, activity in terms of the party is building a base, a volunteer base. We don't have a pot of $150 million. That's true. That's that's true. And too many times in the past, people saw that pot of gold Mm -hmm. and said, well, they're paying high school, college kids to do stuff. Mm -hmm. We can take a back seat or just do something else, which is fine. So we need to re-engage our grassroots easily. Um, That's my number one priority. That is an amazing priority. It is. And I come from a grassroots background. Like I didn't start in politics because I thought, hey, I'm going to be the executive director one day. Never knew that was a thing. Uh, I became a precinct committeeman because I had a young individual, some people probably know, David Olson, mm-hmm. elected to my village, Downers Grove Board, 23 years old. For someone in college at that time, I think I was 20, I think I'm two years younger than 21 years old, I look, I go, this guy is the future of what we want our Correct. legislators to be, elected officials to be. He did the work, and his trajectory went very high Correct. over the next couple of years. So. Um, I come from that background. We need to train our grassroots again. Yes. So many of them, um, I love them because they'll do the work, but they want the paper walkbooks. They want the hard R sheets. Come on, you know, man. We need to talk to people who don't agree with us rather than the people Ooh. who do agree with us. So that's a, and that's a challenge because from Rockford to Carbondale, um, and, and John and Jesus, you guys know better than anybody, this state is not one state. This is five, six it, different it really states. Is. And that's what's tough, yeah. is that you have to train people in Marion, Illinois, way different than you train people in the suburbs, different than the city, yeah. different than Rock Island. And so uh, my job is an uphill battle in trying to do that, but those are my, my first two priorities. Man, that's amazing. Yeah, no, and I, I've been there in the trenches with you. I mean, you ran one of the most exciting Senate uh, state Senate races a couple of years ago. So I've seen your work uh, firsthand yeah. and I have no doubt that you're going to be able to pull this out. Um, so what do you tell people that are, are still questioning and, and, and not sure of, of what the party is going to do? Like, what do you tell them? How do you get them engaged? Because there's a lot of naysayers. No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just on that post that was made. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can already see that there's people that disagree um, just because of where you live in the state, disagree with some of the, th- the things that, that we do at the party. And, and that's fine. I get it. If I, if I um, live, I mean, I live in the, in the suburbs and, and we've lost a lot of seats in the suburbs. Ooh. So I understand the frustration. And I also understand people downstate. I've, I, I told people on that same post, I said, hey, I got a brother in the Air Force down at Scott Base down in Belleville. And I said, what he tells me how, how people's lives are, 
are greatly different than what they are up here. And we have to understand that, and we can't take advantage of that because there is disdain for Chicago. There is disdain really for is. Cook County. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican or Democrat. There just is. Right. And so, um, you know, we, we do need to kind of unify in that sense of understanding each other a little bit yeah. better because uh, if you cut it from north, south, east, west, people do not understand how we as a party can move forward. So how to engage people, to get back to your question, I, I think the best example is at one point, the people now who are voting, you know, uh, you know, voting for the Brad Schneiders of the world, yeah. uh, even the Tammy Duckworths when she was in, at one point, they, they were behind the Tea Party movement. They, they voted for, T- for Joe Walsh when he was conservative. They voted for Bob Dole on and off. They voted for Bobby Schilling out in the 17th. Yep. You know, we had the 11th congressional at one point with Judy Biggert. Like, we yep. had seats. We had it going on. So things change. There's yeah. shifts all the time. Look at downstate. It used to be the most Democratic part of Correct. our state. Now the most, the most red meat part of our state. So we have to uh, understand that we need to recruit candidates up and down the ballot. So true. And that's one of my, I'd say, a third priority with me. And, and this is the, the Chairman Schneider has been pushing me on this. And with Co-Chairman Shaw's help, we are going to try to fill every single seat up and down the ballot in every county of the state. Um, Ronna McDaniel uh, has, has told us about her time in 2016 um, and, and how Trump won Michigan. Mm-hmm. And she believes that that 10,000 vote margin Come on. was because every seat was filled from, from uh, U.S. Senate mm-hmm. to dog catcher. Yeah. And just fair. bringing out more and more Republicans. And, and, that, and that's exactly what's going to have to um, you're gonna have to. We're also going to have to have a strong message. I don't know if you know who John Reeves is. He's, yeah. he's going to destroy me for calling him out like this. <laughs> but I'm telling you, he's one of the most tactical minds yeah. um, that you can find around. I think, I think, I think everybody's going to have to come to the table when it comes to helping rebuild the party we have to get everybody around to rebuild the party your thoughts yeah absolutely i think um one of the the best parts of, of my experience is that the people that i've worked with we've broken down when i was at the statewide uh, organization when i was working for the governor we used to break things down by region and so to understand that the issues that we push out if you try to go door to door here in uh cook county and talk about coal mining oh, they no. don't care but in Dale Fowler's district, yeah. it's the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. So we have to do issue advocacy based on regional parts of this state, and that's the most important thing. So where can people get involved? Is there a website? Is there what? What, what are you? How can people get involved and help Derek Murphy become one of the greatest executive directors? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, first and foremost, Illinois.gop. That's our website. You can go on there, sign up to volunteer. Um, if you're looking to get connected with your local county organization, there's a beautiful map that links you to every single county organization's website or Facebook page, whichever one that they utilize. So you can go and reach out there. The other thing that I'd like to bring up is that we have started a new initiative called the Lincoln Legion. I love it. it. It's a monthly grassroots donation. So it's $10, $15, $25 a month. And what happens is you get special benefits and uh, you know there's a rewards program as well. So sign up for that. It, there you have it. You're listening to Derek Murphy, exec- newly minted executive director for the Illinois Republican Party. Thanks for joining Black and Right. Thanks, John. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. <laughs> you dial into Black and White with John Anthony and my guest, and my guest co-host today is Jesus Solo. Gotcha. We're back to the uh, nickname. Huh? <laughs> That's right. On AM five sixty, the answer. Uh, so, Executive Director Derek Murphy stayed in. He's going to. I don't know how long. Whatever, however long you want to stay, you can stay. All right. You're more good. than welcome. Appreciate it. Um, 
as you know, you have experience with this uh, fair map and, you know, gerrymandering and all that. Yeah. Um, you guys create, you did something, uh, was that in 2016, 14, 16? Was believe. it 2014? It 2013 to 14. Yeah. yeah, and it got struck down by the courts. Um, joining us now is uh, my former colleague uh, and also candidate now for state representative, Peter Breen with the Fair Map of Illinois initiative. Peter, welcome to Black and Right. Hey, great to be here. Thanks, John. Hey, so what's going to be different about it this time compared to last time when it was struck down by the courts with the Fair Map initiative? And, and explain to my listening audience what you're actually trying to do and why it's important to them. Okay. Right, right. And, and what happens every year in, or every 10 years in Illinois is Madigan has been redrawing the legislative maps to increase his grip on power. It's the thing that keeps Madigan in power when in other states, you know, the political machines have been able to, you know, the people have been able to overturn them or what have you. Here, that has been his linchpin. So, you know, when I was in the legislature, I drafted a Fairmont's Amendment, had 45 co-sponsors and all that. And one thing I saw, though, was Madigan's not going to let anything through in the legislature. We have to force it from the people. Right. And the one thing, you know, this is one of the few things that the people, a citizen initiative, can actually do, uh, we can do from the people uh, in the Illinois Constitution. You know, it was tried four years ago, but if you look, at, you know, at, for, as a lawyer, so I'm a constitutional lawyer, you know, I've got a together good one with some that. of the best. Well, you know, I, I do okay. You know, and I, I got together with some of the best lawyers in the state and really went over line by line what is going on with these court decisions, because you know, here's the thing that you maybe hadn't seen reported when they knocked, you know, when they, when they knocked off the last amendment. Every single court to consider this issue squarely has admitted that fair maps is something that is a is a perfectly valid subject of citizen initiative. You know, and and I'll tell you that last amendment that they did in 2016, it was and it was a it was a nonpartisan group, and they meant very well, but but boy, uh, it was awfully complicated. Oh. And I got to tell you. You know, when you're doing something as, as uh, delicate as amending the Illinois Constitution, uh, there are a lot of, uh, of pitfalls and places where you can, you know, you, you can stub your toe, and any little mistake means you don't get on the ballot. Right. So what we did was took the best lawyers in the state, took a very streamlined, simple approach, drafted a, just a, a bare-bones basic amendment that says both parties get to appoint people to a commission. The commission has to come out with, a, with an agreed map. So in other words... You force the two sides to get together because the complaint about gerrymandering is you either give it too much to the R's or too much right. to the D's, too much red team, too much blue team. So you get them both at the table, make them sit down and do their work, and that's it. You know, call it a day. Uh, and then you result in what is just a wonderfully fair process. No one can complain. And we can actually have elections for, uh, you know, we, the people, can choose our elected officials instead of having Mike Madigan, you know, drawn maps wow. and having him pick the That's a novel. Um, think about that. Wow. Now, d Peter, um, to be fair, um, Governor Pritzker, uh, one of the things, one of the planks that he ran on was to do such um, the thing with the um, fair maps. Um, what's, what's, his been what's his take on what you guys are trying to do? Is he on board with you guys? Well, it, you know, like, and, and it's it's very interesting to me because uh, Governor Pritzker has has really gone silent on this topic. And, and during his state of the state, here we are in the midst of this terrible corruption crisis, and fair maps is the number one thing. Uh, the Republicans of the legislature have done great work trying to push that as an issue, uh, and and radio silence, absolute radio silence. And I got to tell you, 
uh, you know, every 10 years it comes up. And, and, and you know, John, you served, I've served. Yeah. Uh, you sometimes felt like, uh, you know, with Madigan, he was like Ducey pulling the football out from Charlie Brown. And so every 10 years they go in saying, oh, it's going to be fair. We're going to take care of you, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, Lucy pulls the football every time. So we, the people in Illinois, have to take control of this. And the, the one way we know is to directly grab hold of it with the citizen initiative. And, and I, I'm so glad to have uh, have my friend Derek Murphy there, who's, who's – uh, I'm so glad to see he is now, uh, you know, executive director of the party, which is uh, – which, for those of us who are good Republicans, we uh, uh, that's, that's a great move. We're, we're really, uh, I'm really happy to hear about it. And I know uh, we've been getting support from folks inside the Republican Party, and then you know, folks from all across the political spectrum because it's not a partisan issue. Well, Peter, uh, Derek here, appreciate appreciate the words. Um, what I'd like to ask though of you is, if we don't get it done through you through the Fair Maps uh, initiative, what what do we do then? What, what what's next on the table for us? Because I assume, you know, we've, I think a lot of politicos have spoken that the Supreme Court, the numbers at the Illinois Supreme Court are against us, and that's really our roadblock. But what's the next initiative, God forbid, if this gets held up at some point? Well, and I'll say this. So, so the Illinois Supreme Court has split 4-3 Republican-Democrat, and Democrat-Republican, rather. So, and the, the swing justice, this is, this is my problem. As a lawyer, I read the Supreme Court's decision. The three Republican justices wrote fiery dissents, and I was so glad to see it. The problem is, because there were so many intricacies in that last amendment, you couldn't necessarily say about the four Democrats who wrote the majority opinion that they were wrong based on prior decisions. So it was, it was something where, you know, sometimes in the law, where reasonable people can disagree. So I think, I mean, your, your main thing to do is to try an amendment that really does check every box that every court has identified. Because there's, you've got multiple decisions with a clear map. Now, a little caveat here, and I have to be very careful the way I say this, so I'm, I'm a practicing lawyer. <laughs> That's I that lawyer. Court yeah. <laughs> right? But, but here's the thing. If people truly believe that the Illinois Supreme Court justices are not deciding cases in a court of the law, every 10 years you get a chance to vote them out of office. True. And it turns out one of the four members of that majority that supported, uh, you know, that, that threw off the last Bill Amendment in 2016, the swing justice, uh, uh, who I very much respect. Look, if you really think he botched that and was was not doing it in the court of the law, you have a chance to vote against him for retention. And if and you know when when an Illinois Supreme Court justice is knocked off, that seat literally sits vacant for two years. Wow. Uh, so then you would have a battle royal. Uh, you know, if you were to, to knock off that, that swing justice. So in other words, you would split the Supreme Court down to three to three and set up a huge election in 2022 to decide the fate of the Illinois Supreme Court. But either way, I, I mean, I this is my problem. You know, I'm looking for the most direct, clean, clear way to do it. And, you know, when the Supreme Court does something you don't like or, or when Madigan's doing things you don't like and you have a way through, it's a narrow path, but it's our path, you take that path. That's that's sure. the way I've looked at it, and that's why I grabbed hold of it. Well, and, and Peter, I think uh, the justice you're referring to, um, back when he got onto the court, his district, which is primarily downstate uh, or all of central and southern Illinois, which is now uh, a different type of breed that has flipped over from a very blue area to a very red area, I think— and It's Trump country. Exactly. I think this yeah. gives us some opportunity. Um, not that it's it'll be anywhere easy, because, you know— um, Madigan is is a powerful guy, but we do have. Uh, fortunately, we do have multiple options when it comes to this um, moving forward. Just in the dynamics of how uh, politics are. And, and Derek, I'll tell you. You know, the number one thing I I really see as our 
a main issue here among folks who are you know, just, just trying to make, make a life here in Illinois, it's despair. And folks believe that there's no way around, there's no solution, they can't fix anything. When I, I looked at this and I said, you know, we can actually fix this FairMaps business, and that is a, that would be a, an earthquake, uh, would absolutely, you know, shake up the, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the, our governor back in 2014 was elected on you know, shake up Springfield, bring back Illinois. And, Technically, you know, very well. Worked out, well. Yeah, well, it worked out, you know, and, and it didn't really work out the way that we were all hoping it would. Um, but everybody in the state still knows you got to shake up Springfield and we need to bring back Illinois. So, uh, you know, we found a way to do it here with the fair maps. And, and you know, it, yeah, again, it's not the only way, but boy, um, when you've got this hey, Peter. path. Sorry for interrupting just quickly. Um, this is uh, Jesus. So I just want to know, uh, in addition to the initiative, what is it that us as citizens can do to get involved and, and get uh, this initiative on the ballot? Um, and what can we do as citizens to, to get uh, fair maps? So it, it, it's really easy. You type fairmapsillinois.com into your browser. You can go on the website. You get, the, you get a petition. Go around to your neighbors and friends. Any registered voter in the state of Illinois, anywhere. So there's no, there's no geographic limitation. Anyone can sign this initiative uh, petition, so you get those filled out and send them in. Uh, you know, you get them notarized too. So it's it's kind of a standard thing if you're going to collect signatures for a local candidate or you know from any other purpose like that. Uh, and and I mean, it's really not that tough. Right. You can also go fair maps. You got a website? Illinois, website? Okay, there you Facebook. go. Right, fair maps Illinois on Facebook, fairmapsillinois.com uh, on the web. Uh, please go, you know, go to those sites, check it out. Yeah. It's the sort of thing I got to tell you. You know, I've been I've collected. You got five seconds, so Peter. People over the years. <laughs> All right, but every one of your friends, family, neighbors, coworkers, everyone loves fair maps. There you I'm have not it. Not going to offend anybody asking the, for. There you have it, Peter Breen. We'll be right back. Back to black and right with John Anthony on AM five sixty. The answer. Like that. <laughs> You've dialed it up, black and right. I'm your host, John Anthony. With my guest co-host, Jesus Solo, on AM560 Answer. We're also joined in studio by Derek Murphy, the newly minted executive director of the Illinois Republican Party. Welcome, guys. This has been a fast-moving show, right? Jose, Jesus, Jose. It's been fast. We're uh, already an hour and a half in. Yeah, I, I, I called you Jose. Jose. I get like, that all Like, like I did the Cliff, the Cliff Phillip. <laughs> Cliff, Cliff, Cliff. I didn't hear that one. Yeah, I heard that one. Cliff, yeah, yeah. Cliff Phillip um, conversation. So, Jesus... You, when you called me, you said, hey, I got somebody that I think should uh, the people need to hear from, um, an individual that's running for the 15th Congressional District. Correct. Open seat. I, I, I'll do you. You write, go right ahead. It's a good friend of yours. You go ahead and introduce who we're going to be talking to next. Yeah, so I want to give a shout-out to uh, Susan Petty. She reached out to me a couple of oh, months I ago. Her. I love her. And she called me, and she, she was excited. She's like, hey, have you heard of Mary Miller? I'm helping her out. Like, is there any way you guys can help out? I'm like, yes. So as soon as you told me about being a, a guest co-host, I said, I have to call Susan and get Mary on the line so we can learn more about her and her race and just get a quick update. Mary Miller, candidate for the 15th Congressional. Welcome to Black and Right. Hi, thank you for having me on. Hey, no problem. Hey, I saw that. It Was that the Ted Cruz, the Ted Cruz from Texas, the senator from Texas who gave you an endorsement? Yes, it was. Yes, I'm, I was super excited to get that. So I, I have he one. He knows that I'm a true conservative. Ain't, ain't, that's that's always a good point. I have one question that I always you know pose to, to candidates that are running. 
Um, do you need to go get checked out? You know, make sure that you're all there to put together because this is going to be running for office is is such a a, a a mental gymnastics. You have to have fortitude. Why are you running? Well, I have seven children and sixteen grandchildren. Uh, shut up. And I I believe that we're seeing an attempted coup on our nation. Love and it. I want our children to recognize the country we grew up in. I want them to have access to the same opportunities we've had to pursue the American dream. And I want to support President Trump and the America First agenda. And the oper- I'm an ordinary person that's stepping into an extraordinary opportunity. Well, you, you've silenced me. Um, I uh-huh. understand now why you're running. And I, um, and I, I love, you see, I love people who are not restricted by language. Uh, you immediately said we are, you're trying to push back and fight against this, the coup that's happening in our country. I believe that. I totally agree. I totally believe that. And I'm, it's, it's good to hear that someone like you is running in the 15th Congressional. Uh, but we have the Illinois um, Executive Director for the Illinois Republican Party, Derek Murphy, here. Um, how can, have you guys been in contact with each other? Well, What's going on? Well, John, uh, as you know, it's week one for me, so I haven't gotten all the way down to, to the 15th <laughs> yet. Uh, Mary, it's, it's a pleasure to meet you over, over, uh, the, uh, the phone and radio here, but, um, you know, obviously the party does not get involved in primaries okay. for, for open seats. Um, and so, um, we won't have, <laughs> I will make sure that we don't have any, any hand in this. Cause I, what we believe at the party is that we want the primary to play itself out so that the voters actually have the chance um, to make the right decision moving forward for the party. Hey, Mary, it's a so, so quick question. You know, like John said, running for office is is a tough thing to do. How quickly were you able to build up your, your campaign? Because I think you announced and it seemed like you just like took off right from the get-go. I did. Actually, I was part of a group of people looking for a true conservative to replace Congressman Shimkus when he decided he was going to retire and as I was calling and going around the district, uh, people that know me, that have known how I've lived for the past 40 years, how I've raised my children, they said, you know what, you're the one, we want you to run. And in the first 24 hours, I raised over $100,000. Wow. And wow. today, wow. I, have, I have way outraised my opponents. In fact, if you combine um, everything that they've raised, I've outraise them Wow! with money from the district. And I've scooped up virtually every significant endorsement that there is to get. Awesome. So how, how can people get involved? I know that we're up here in Chicago. How can people get involved with their <laughs> campaign? Well, they can contact me, MaryMillerForCongress.com, or they can go to my Facebook, Mary Miller for Congress. And we, six of our seven children still live in the district, so we have deep roots here, and they're helping me. My daughter, if you let her know what you want to do to help, um, my daughter will give you a job. Um, <laughs> no. or if you, Don't or ever say if black and white right isn't a job producer. <laughs> if you want to donate, we would, we would um, really appreciate any donations. This district is 33 counties, so my new wow. song is... I've been everywhere, man. <laughs> <laughs> and you should play that everywhere you go. So do you, you have a, a social media, a Facebook, Twitter, and all that as well? Yes, we do. It's Mary Miller for Congress. Mary Miller for Congress. Mary, uh, yes. thank you so much. Uh, I wish you well. Um, work hard and just, just have a message for the people. 
serve the people, and I think you'll do really well in this primary. Thanks so much for joining Black and Right on AM560. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I like her. She's a fighter. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so I, I mean. I got to say the backstory. Back 33, 33, 33 counties in the 15th congressional. And she's probably touched every last one of those counties. We need more fighters like that. That's how we rebuild the drive. Yeah. yeah. And that's including time, snow. Yeah. And including snow. <laughs> and <We're>, cold. <laughs> we'll be right back. You're listening <laughs> to Black and White on AM560, The Answer. We now return to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. You've dialed up Black and Right with me, your host, John Anthony, and my guest co-host, Jesus Salario. <laughs> nice. On AM560, The Answer. <laughs> Did I get it right that time? It's close. You're getting better and better. I'm getting better and better. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, I really like fighters. I like people who I, I, who are willing to fight, um, regardless. And Mary Miller, candidate for the 15th Congressional, sounds like somebody that's a fighter. Um, Just from the get go. From the get go. Um, now, another one of your um, talented and amazing guests that you <laughs> called me and said, "I have to have this person <laughs> on." Um, and and I'm, I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you. Um, I do believe at some point when. Derek Murphy builds up the state of Illinois in Cook County because there are a lot of independents in Cook County. And if we, when we show as a party that we're vested in Cook County and the rest of the state, I think you're going to start seeing a different state of Illinois. And joining me, joining us now is an individual who's running on the Republican side for Cook County State's Attorney. Pat O'Brien, welcome to Black and Right on AM560 Answer. John, uh, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity, and I understand that uh, Jesus is sitting next to you. And uh, Jesus, uh, good afternoon. Hey, Pat. Good afternoon. Well, he stayed. He's actually um, looked uh, right across from me. Uh, he shaved. Okay. He, sha- he, he, he shaved and everything. He has a little true. little shit for a five o'clock shadow. Hey, I knew I was going to be on the radio. So <laughs> <laughs> you get that face for radio, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, so Pat. Okay, we all know you're running up against a machine. Um, I should let you know right away. I, I know who you, the, the person that you're running against um, is. I wouldn't say she's a friend of mine, but um, we were both Egger fellows together. Um, uh, when it comes to what happened with the whole Jesse Smoulet, whatever, uh, what's his <laughs> name? Called? Uh, I, what I don't understand is why she didn't just simply say we, we will decline to press any charges. She had every she had the power to do that. So, Pat O'Brien. Why Pat O'Brien? Why should the voters of Cook County elect you as the next uh, state's attorney for Cook County? Okay, okay. Uh, and thank you. Well, the reason is I think uh, Kim Fox has done more than just uh, obviously made a, a grievous error in Jesse Smollett. I think she is uh, underexperienced, lacks judgment, and in the Smollett case showed that she lacked integrity. Now, why should it be me? Well, I've been a prosecutor for 18 years, 13 years in the state's attorney's office where I was chief deputy in charge of all of the criminal prosecutors, approximately seven or 800 of them. Uh, I've been a private uh, attorney and uh, did mostly criminal defense work. And then finally, I was elected a judge and was on the bench for eight years, serving both in criminal and civil courtrooms. So I've seen 
the process uh, in regard to the criminal justice system from a prosecutor's side, defense attorney side, and then finally as a neutral as a judge. Uh, and I think that in order to make this county safer, you have to have somebody who is apolitical and professional and looking just to do that, not to run for another office in four years, not to do anything else, but simply to be the state's attorney and to make people of the county safe. Hey, Pat. <clears throat> so we know Cook County is a hard blue uh, county. What are you going to do to to get you know the Republicans and Democrats and independents on your side? What, what's that game plan? Well, the game plan first is uh, I'm running as a Republican because I think that they're the party that believes in personal responsibility and accountability. And you can't have a criminal justice system unless people believe that you have to be held accountable for what you do. Now, with a Republican base, I think I appeal then in the general election to those voters who do not want to see Kim Fox get a second term. Uh, I, in fact, uh, have run as a judge. I've basically uh, present uh, a much more professional uh, experience. And I, I think that Democrats looking for somebody to basically vote for, not just against Kim Fox, that my credentials will be that somebody. Hey, Pat, Derek here. I, I want to ask, you know, Kim Fox is, is probably in a battle right now herself in the primary against Bill Conway and others. And Conway with... Uh, I turn on my TV, I see Conway all over the screens. He's everywhere. And, and so what, if Conway wins, how does the trajectory of the race change if you are the Republican nominee? You have 20 seconds, 30 seconds to answer that. Okay, first of all, he's not going to win. He's Kim Fox light. He, he needs to pull uh, Kim Fox's base away from her, and he's not going to do it. They're not going to abandon her. She basically is doing things which her base likes. He is not going to be the uh, uh, opponent in the general election. So, Pat O'Brien, where can people follow you? Do you have a website? Do you have any uh, social media presence? you got any fundraisers coming up? Uh, anything that where people can reach out and help Pat O'Brien become the um, Republican nom- nominee, right? Well, yes, and thank you for that. My website is O'BrienForCook.com. I'm also on Twitter. Uh, as for fundraisers, I've had one, and I'm trying not, at least in the primary, to have more fundraisers because I don't, at this stage, I can fund what I need to do, which is a campaign that's going to run over about $125,000, and I can place myself in a position in the general where I can I can tell people nobody owns me. There isn't a, a particular person or uh, entity that I'm you know, indebted right. to. Well, there you have it. Pat O'Brien, candidate, Cook County State's Attorney. Uh, Thanks so much for joining Black and Right. Well, John, thank you very much. Jesus, uh, take care. And I appreciate uh, the opportunity. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back. You're listening to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Hey, you've tuned in to Black and Right. I'm your host, John Anthony, with the most. Jesus Salario has joined me as guest co-host. 
Dave, uh, Derek Murphy, executive director of the Illinois Republican Party, is in studio with us as well. Um, dude, we covered a lot today. Yeah, it was a good show. Covered a lot with when it comes to uh, federal national issues and especially what's happening here in Illinois. I think we, I, I really think we're starting to get some good quality candidates that are running for office on the Republican side of the aisle. What are you guys' thoughts about that? I mean, pe- people are upset, and that's what I think gets people energized enough to say, I'm going to stick my name, my family on the line, maybe some financial contributions on the line to try and change what's going on in the yeah. state. And not only that, voters are actually taking a chance on Republican candidates because they're seeing what's going on here at the local level. Forget all the national stuff. They're paying attention to their pocketbook. Yeah. Higher taxes, more regulations. They're like, you know, enough of that. Yeah. So I, I, I saved this, this, this last clip uh, because I, I thought it was a warning shot from a Democrat operative, a uh, political activist, uh, what, uh, James Carville. I hope I said. I hope I'm saying his last name right. He's the the guy that's married to the Republican yep. operative as well. Um, but uh, he was interviewed, and I thought. I mean, I think you. I mean, I think if you're a Democrat, you have to take heed to what he's trying to tell Democrats who are running for president, <laughs> Democrats that are running throughout the United States of America. Q Carville. I'm going to play devil's advocate here for for okay, Bernie sure, Sanders being the nominee. A lot of people sure. compare him to Jeremy Corbyn. I say he might be closer to Lopez Obrador in Mexico, somebody who manages yeah. to get into power because the existing parties have so disappointed everybody. People are disgusted yeah. with Democrats. They don't trust Republicans. They go for Bernie. Do you think that is a path to victory if he makes well, that argument? Why do, why do I think people are disgusted with Democrats? We had the highest turnout in 2018 since women were granted the right to vote. We had the biggest margin. We ran a smart campaign and it worked all right it mm-hmm. matters who the candidate is it matters what a party chooses to talk about i mean i'm 75 years old why am i here doing this because i am scared to death that's why and we got to get we, let's get relevant here people for sure so first of all why did that host have to go out to mexico to find somebody to compare Bernie <laughs> to did you hear that i mean did you hear that yeah yeah, that's, that's uh, he, you know he's closer to, to some socialist in Mexico. Okay, that makes it all even better. Um, but does Carville make sense in, in in his in his assessment of what he sees with this today's Democrat Party with the presidential candidates? Well, I mean, I'll, t- I'll take Carville a little bit as word. He, he is the only person to get a Clinton elected to the White House. True. So I mean, he, he's got some, yeah, he's he's pretty good in that sense, at least back in the '90s. But I think it's just I, I don't think the Democrat Party knows what the Democratic Party is anymore, and I, and what Carville's used to and now what he's seeing, I, I don't know if he's the right person to make that judgment. Yeah, and you have people like AOC that are continuing to say, if you don't if you're not with me hundred percent of the time, you're not a Democrat. Yeah. Or you you shouldn't be in our party. And and uh, I agree with Carville. It's like Democrats are, are, are getting lost. Uh, they're terrified if Bernie Sanders becomes yeah. a nominee. Which he won Iowa. He won Iowa. They they completely changed barely. that. <laughs> yeah, he he won barely after they've the fix was in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, that's basically the show, guys. We've been, I mean, two hours have flown by. You know, uh, you, you need to get the uh, show extended. Let's do that's it. Right. <laughs> um, where can they follow you uh, on social media? Um, pretty active social media, Twitter, uh, J Solorio, JR. Uh, John, uh, one thing I didn't mention before is if, if someone out there in the Republican Party, you know, want to be, if someone wants to be a candidate, if someone's just a precinct captain, someone has a, a question, Derek at Illinois.gop, that is my email address. 
shoot me an email. Love to talk with uh, the grassroots across the state. There you go. Thanks. I want to thank Mike Lindell for joining us. Go out and get his book. Uh, I want to thank uh, Derek Murphy. I want to thank Peter Breen, Mary Miller, and Pat O'Brien. That's going to do it for this week's show. But please, tune in next week. It's going to be even better than this one. Uh, I got I got a hopefully a guest surprise a surprise guest that's going to be calling into the show. You're listening to Black and Right on AM 560 The Answer. Keep it locked. See you next week.